And uh, Jesus told him, he said, you go into this next town and you stay at this house for three days and my, one of my people named Ananias will come to you. So Saul was in fear and he was blinded. The people he was with, they just saw the light. They couldn't hear the voice. They only Saul heard the voice. So they got up and they went into this town <clears throat> and they go and they get in this house and Saul sat there for three days, you know, trembling in fear not eating, blind, you know, worried about what he was doing. He had three days to think about what he was doing. Meanwhile, Ananias, Jesus come to him and uh, told him to go into that town and find Saul and to pray over him. And Ananias said, Lord, what is it you're asking me to do? He said, this, this man kills people like me. This man is dangerous. You're sending me into the lion's den. And so he questioned, and, and Jesus told him, you know, basically do what I said. Go down there and pray for that man, and everything's going to be fine. So Ananias had to have faith that God was going to protect him, that Jesus was with him. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone. So he was obedient to the call, and he went and he traveled to this house and found Saul. And he sat down with Saul. And he prayed over him, and immediately after he prayed over him, the scales fell from his eyes, and Saul could see again. He was now named Paul. Immediately he went and got baptized, and then he took food, and he went down to the temple right then and started preaching the word of Jesus right then. That was Saul's conversion. And Saul, who is now Paul, and that's who we'll refer to him as for the rest of the time here, <clears throat> he goes he goes into the temple, and people didn't believe it. You know, he's like, this man is down here preaching about Jesus when just three days ago he was searching us out, trying to kill us, trying to take us before the magistrates, and he's caused all this problems and all this. And people didn't believe him for the longest time. They didn't believe him. So they were a little scared of him, but he insisted, he kept preaching, he didn't stop. He didn't stop, you know, and even though people were scared, it took a minute for people to, to get on board with that, but Paul went on from there, and we're not going to get into any great detail about it, but Paul went on from there, and he become one of the apostles, and Paul wrote a good many books in the New Testament. He was a writer of the majority of the New Testament there. So the moral of this story, let me get into a little piece of scripture here. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says, and this is Paul talking, the saying is sure and worthy of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the foremost of sinners, but I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience for an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So Paul admits that he was the foremost of sinners. He knew that he was wrong once he had seen the light. And he received mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, 
Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience for an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Now, let's take and relate that back to what I was talking about before. A lot of us out there say, well, I can't go to church. I, you know, I'm not good enough for God. I've, I've been a criminal. I've got an addiction. I've sinned. I've done a lot of things. And, you know, I can't go to church. I don't fit in with those people and, and all of that. And, you know, we addressed that last episode with the scripture. But explain to me, put this into reason. Saul was a man who run around the kingdom killing people because they professed that they love Jesus Christ. He ran around killing people who are what we would call Christians today. So when you talk about, he even admits he was the foremost of sinners. When you talk about, let's compare sins. Now, a sin is a sin is a sin. So sin is sin. That's the end of it. But when we're comparing our sins to other sins and trying to decide if we're worthy or not, which is not our job to do, that's up in the hands of Jesus, and Jesus has already said how he feels about it. But when we're talking about sin, explain to me how a man who runs around the kingdom killing people, he didn't rob them and kill them because they resisted. He didn't kill them because out of, out of vengeance. He didn't kill them because they had done some evil deed to him. He killed them for the sole reason that they were followers of Jesus. So when we talk about sin, what worse sins could there possibly be than to murder someone because they profess that they are a follower of Jesus? How does your addiction compare to murder? How do your transgressions, your lies you might have told, your, your dirty deeds you might have done, how can you put that into comparison with murdering followers of Jesus? So when you say you're not worthy, when you say it's too late, I'm too far gone, go back and look at Paul. Look what the Lord did to Paul. He took Paul, he converted him, he made him an apostle, one of the representatives that traveled the land establishing churches, healing people, performing miracles, propagating the gospel. So if you think we don't have a graceful, loving Father in heaven who can forgive someone for murdering in his name, how are you going to sit there today and say that, well, I've been to prison because I was a criminal, so I can't be a Christian? You didn't murder people because they said they followed Jesus. Look what he did for Paul. I'm going to say it again. He made him a key player in the New Testament. He made him an apostle. He was one of the people that represented Jesus all throughout the land. And Paul knew it. Paul, Paul knew it. He says it here in 1 Timothy. So that he might display his perfect patience for an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. So he sets the example with Paul that no matter what you've done, no matter where you stand in life, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what the world thinks of you, no matter what the world calls you, the world probably called Paul a lot of things. A Christian wasn't one of them. A, a man that 
Christ wasn't one of them. A loving person wasn't one of them. A church-going man definitely wasn't one of them. This dude terrified Jesus. And he repented. Christ accepted him and gave him a, a big, important job to do. But we're not asking as sinners. We're not asking for a big, important job. We're just wanting to be able to be accepted by Christ. You know, the world judges us and, and calls us names and says, you know, we're guilty of this, we're guilty of that. We're not worthy of this. We can do this. We can't do that because of things we've done in the past. The world is a very unforgiving place. But we know that that Jesus is forgiving. And to finish up with Romans uh, chapter 10, verse 13, from last episode, the last verse there, 13, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, even Paul. Even Paul, with everything that he had done, when he saw and he went, you know what, I've left the Lord, and I've been wrong, and I've done terrible things. Even Paul was able to repent, accept Christ, be baptized, and Christ made him a key player in the body. So let that sink in a minute. I said before, I'm going to say it again. It does not matter what the world calls you. What matters is what Jesus calls you. And even a man like Paul can be accepted into the kingdom, into the body of Christ, into the church of which Christ is the head that we discuss right now. So the way I see it is we've pretty much eliminated any excuse you might have about why you can't go to church, why you can't be a believer why you can't be a follower of Christ because I can't think of a worse scenario for a man to, to be you know there's a lot of terrible things that happen in this world but like I said one sin, a sin is a sin is a sin but as humans we try to rate you know well I just told him he lied and he could be a it says, thou shalt not bear false witness. Period. It doesn't say it's okay to tell little tiny false witnesses. It says, thou shalt not bear false witness. So, a sin is a sin. A white lie is just as much a sin as a big extravagant story that you tell to multiple people and stir up problems with sin is a sin is a sin. It says thou shalt not kill. Well, Paul killed. He didn't kill for profit. He didn't kill to rob people. He killed because a person said, I am a follower of Christ. He beat him. He whipped him. He threw him in jail. He killed him. All these things. So, we also have to know that Christ is walking beside us all the time. Even those people that choose to ignore him, he's walking.
you accept him into your heart Christ now resides within you and there's another scripture that tells us that he that is in you is greater than he who is in the world and the world is worldly fleshly things we talked last time about I'm not of the world I'm, a, I'm in the spirit if you're going to be of the world and you're going to enjoy the things in the world and you're going to do worldly sins and all of this type of thing you're gonna your little short time you're gonna you might see some gains some profit whatever but that's it you're done when you're dead you're dead if you're gonna be of the world and not accept Christ your little time your little old 60 to 80 years you're gonna spend on this earth and you're done that's it when you accept Christ and Christ resides within you you're looking at eternal life and Christ is in you therefore he that is in you is greater than So why do we care what the world calls us? Why do we care that some person has, has got a judgment on us? Some person in the world thinks that we don't live right, therefore they're going to persecute us, spread rumors, try to block us from doing things, stop us from whatever we're trying to do. When we walk into the parking lot of the church, they're going to be over there in the corner whispering and pointing, you know, what is he doing in here? I can't believe he has the audacity to come to church, you know, and he was doing this all night, blah, blah, blah. Again, that's not their decision to make. It's not up to them. They're in no position to judge. It tells us, the doctor said last time, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. Doesn't say no man on earth is to judge the living and the dead doesn't say there's a man on earth that's going to be able to tell you what you can and can't do, whether or not you're worthy for Christ, whether or not you have a calling from God on your heart. There's no room in this Bible for any man. There's no man that's been given that authority. Nowhere in this Bible. So let's not be convicted by those of the world. Let's not be turned away from the opportunity to be in the body of Christ, the church, by some person in the world's opinion. You know, we sit here and we let those people get in our head and we let those people talking about us and, you know, our self-esteem gets down, we get into depression and we start looking down on ourselves and then that leads us into doing more sins and, you know, well, if I'm not good enough and I'm going to die anyway, so I might as well just do this while I'm here, you know. Look, that when you, when you let that kind of thing get in your head, you're opening the door for evil. All that the old devil needs is a foothold to get in your head. That's where depression comes from, anxiety, worry, fear. Because when you accept Jesus, now I'm not going to tell you that when you accept Jesus, you're not going to have worries, you're not going to have fears, because we're human. But I am going to tell you, me included, I'm not special. I'm going to tell you, me included, if our faith was where it needed to be, if we had the faith of a mustard seed, as he says, we could make that mountain move. But when we 
even as Christians, even as good believers, experienced and, and damn mature Christians, they call it, we still get anxiety. Because even our faith has limitations, no matter what we say. We're going to say we got all the faith in the world, but even our faith at times is faint. And we allow those thoughts to get in our head and we allow to be told we're not good enough. We start believing what the people in the world say, and then that brings us further from Christ because we start losing the faith. And I tell you what, especially when you first accept, you're going to have people come against you. We recently baptized a family in our church, and they went in and professed that they had been baptized on Facebook, and overnight they lost 50 friends off their Facebook. 50 friends off their Facebook friends. And they were like, man, this is, this is crazy. I can't believe that... Uh, this happened well you know what we gotta know is and that's exactly what I told them God just took care of that for him he trimmed that branch that didn't bear good fruit because a, a branch of a tree that bears no fruit has no purpose it's not gonna do you any good to let that branch stay in your tree. So I just told him, I said, God took care of that for you because once you become a Christian, you're going to have your people that you used to run with, those people that tried to lead you down the wrong road. They're going to persecute you. They're going to they're gonna mess around and try to change your mind. They're going to try to change your mind and then you're going to mess around and let them get in your head one night because something's not going to go your way. And you're going to think, you know what, I prayed about it and this didn't happen. You know what, maybe these people are right. Maybe I've been misled. I've lived this way all my life and here these people are telling me, who am I to change my way all of a sudden? You see, when you start getting those thoughts and you start waning in faith, that's when that, when that evil steps in because what he's going to want to do, evil is going to want to separate you from Christ. So you're going to have some challenges like that. And see, that was just God taking care of them up front. He cut 50 bad, fruitless branches off them right up front. And that's, you know, we got to watch our surroundings. We got to have faith. Those people that we used to run with when we were living in our sinful past before we become a Christian, they're going to do everything they can to drag you back down. And you need to be doing everything you can to drag them over here with you. Don't be discouraged. We're going to go into Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to uh, start at verse 13 and read for a minute. It says, Enter ye at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and there is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is honed down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So there you go. You know, those people.
people got fruit, and that fruit might taste good. But they're living in sin, and, you know, broad is the path. You know, it's much easier to do the wrong thing a lot of times than it is to do the right thing. It's much easier to go down and party and sleep through church and not worry about God. Though, oh, we don't have to worry about that till we get older, and then, you know, we're going to, when we get close to dying, then we're going to have to get right. Well, let me tell you, you need to be right a long time before that, because I, I don't know about you, but I ain't got no idea when I'm going to die. Last time I checked, none of us do. So every second that you put it off to accept Christ and change from your sinful past is another second you're risking passing up eternal life. So don't be confused. Don't be dismayed. Don't be told that you're not good enough because what that is is that's that non-fruitful branch ringing in your ear because that old devil, he don't want us to go to heaven. He don't want us to be followers of Christ. He wants to get in there and keep us knocked down. He wants to dangle some flashy things in our face and make us chase over that down that broad road instead of seeing that narrow trail because it's not all sunshine and roses on that narrow trail. But when you look, we talk about 60 to 80 years, whatever the lifespan's going to be. Well, in that 60 to 80 years, you're done. You get on that little narrow path, and we're talking about eternal life forever in paradise, walking with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven where time's not an issue. There's no pain, despair, worry, illness, sickness. sinful and do all this stuff and enjoy your little short time and then be done. But don't be fooled by some people that you might have run into at the last church you went to. Don't be fooled by these naysayers that's going to tell you that, it's, that Christ is not the way. Don't fall for that. Don't go down that road. Don't fall in that trap. Don't put it off anymore. Get in the scripture, get in that Bible, do a little research, tune into this podcast because I'm going to tell you all those things you've been told were wrong. And the difference is, instead of standing here telling you you're not good enough to be in church because you don't dress right, telling you you're not good enough to be in church because you won't give me your credit card information or you don't make enough money or you don't drive the right car. Are you going to only come up here at 6 o'clock in the evening instead of the main service because, you know, you're a lower-class person? Or you can't be baptized until you've taken this class because you're a sinner and you're not worthy? See, those words, they'll just tell you. And me, when I contradict those words that you might have heard, it's not me talking. It's me relaying the Word of God that's written in the Bible. Not only will I tell you, I'll give you the scripture to tell you where to find it. Because this is not my story I'm telling. This is just a job that I'm doing that all Christians have been given to go forth into all nations and make disciples in Jesus' name. I'm just doing what I've been told to do. I didn't write the book. I just relay the information. 
And I'm going to tell you when I contradict what you've been heard, and I'm going to do my best to get you back into church, and I'm going to do my best to convince you that you are worthy for Jesus to accept you. But I'm going to tell you where to read it. I'm going to tell you where to find it. So that's the difference between man-made doctrine and following the truth that's in the Bible. Don't be discouraged. Don't put it off any longer. But we're bumping up on our time. I told y'all I was going to keep these about 30 minutes, and we're giving a little short message. Like I said, if you are just now hearing this one, uh, go back and listen to the first episode right before this, and it'll tie the rest together. Um, but we talked about airing out the closet and trying to eliminate those excuses that some of us use for putting off and accepting Christ in our heart and becoming a Christian. I hope you're enjoying what you hear. You can find us on Facebook at Living Discipleship Ministry. If you got any questions or comments, please find us on Facebook. Send us a message to the page. Um, we'll be glad to respond. And We're still in the process of building up this podcast and building up our online presence. So in the future, we're going to have more avenues available as this thing grows. And this is a new venture for us. I hope you're enjoying it. But most of all, I hope it's pleasing in the eyes of the Lord. And I hope that we're bringing some more people to, to Christ. Thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.